Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Sonic Talk. I am your host, Knuckles87, here with my partner, Jason Berry. Dude, this episode is going to be totally metal! Mr. Berry here, despite his strange, youthful voice, has recently turned 41, and I hope that you all wish him a happy birthday. How does it feel to be so incredibly old, Mr. Barry? It feels okay. I'm I'm still young at heart. By the way, why do you sound like a smooth jazz DJ now? Because that is totally what I'm going for. All I'm, right. I'm glad that you're bringing that out. So, um, yes, uh, Sonic Talk. We have lots of things to discuss this week. Um, but first, let's discuss what we've been doing. Jason Barry, you have had the more boring week between us. Why don't you start off? Uh, yeah, well, the reason we didn't do it uh, two weeks ago is I decided to just head on out to uh, Disneyland and use my annual pass to look around. and went on to new Star Tours for the first time. I only got to go on it once, though, because the lines are like 90 minutes long every single time you go on it. Because there's like ten different planets, so each time you go on, it's it's random, and so it makes a different experience. So it's a lot more enjoyable too. Um, I tried that new Little Mermaid one over in uh, California Adventure, but that's just like another Fantasyland ba- ride, basically. That's not really much to talk about on that. They still had uh, Electronica, which I love, which turns it's like a big uh, video game dance rave, basically with. Flynn's Arcade in the back, and they're playing old-school 80s uh, classic video games with 80s tunes going on. So that was pretty awesome. As far as games go, um, I'm trying to wrap up Sonic Triple Trouble for my review, and I'm really loving that. Uh, the The level designs are nice and unique on pretty much every level. It kind of reminds me of Sonic CD in uh, certain ways, uh, but a little, a little short on the shorter side. Um, I'm going through his tails right now so I can explore and find all the different bonus levels to fight Mac the Weasel and get to Chaos Emeralds. And I love how each single uh, bonus level is different from each other. Like one time you'll be going through a maze of springs to try to hurry up and get to the Chaos Emerald in time, or you'll be controlling Tails' uh, biplane and trying to grab all the rings there. So that one's pretty cool. Uh, as far as other games going, uh, I got Xenoblade Chronicles just yesterday. I've only got about two hours into that, but that is pretty great so far. Yeah, one of the best JRPGs I have played in many years. It's it's a very pleasant experience. It's very nice to finally play a new, innovative JRPG, though. It's kind of odd that it's on the Wii, because you don't really... I wouldn't really associate that with huge, epic RPGs, but, well, there you go. Yeah, the Twitter um, Metacritic made my decision pretty easy when I went on there, and it's like 9.2, and every review says it's the greatest RPG of this generation. Well, Basically, well, a Japanese RPG, yeah. anyway. Well, there's always those uh, those kinds of reviews. Yeah, so that was uh, it's pretty impressive so far. I don't think it's the greatest thing ever, but I'm enjoying it for the most part. I did get a free game from Nintendo. I did a little corporate whore thing, and 
and said uh, where you say, oh, uh, say you love the Nintendo eShop and maybe win a downloadable game. And I ended up uh, last week winning Dylan's uh, Rolling Western, which oh, is not a dirty whore. Pardon? I said, oh, you dirty whore. <laughs> yeah, it's not a bad game. It's it's not great, great either. It's it's tower defense, but the tower defense part is kind of automatic. There's not really any strategy to that. Your main thing is uh, you're kind of spin dashing and rolling around, attacking enemies and collecting up resources and and gold to help defend this town. But they don't really give you enough time to get all your gold and mining done before the monsters come. So it's a little, eh. It's not bad. It's fun, but it uh, could be better. Anyway, that's about it for me. I know you've been up to a lot this past week. Yes, yes I've been to PAX. I uh, took a flight up to Boston on Thursday and uh, spent, a f- spent a few days in my shorts and 40-degree weather. Apparently, it's very cold in Boston, even in April. I, Florida has sheltered me from such horrible realities for so long it's easy to forget that the rest of the world isn't quite as warm and beautiful as the lovely, beautiful state of Florida. Your balls shriveled up into your cavity? Oh, no, no. (laughs) My balls are too mighty for that. But my legs did shiver a bit, which is saying something, considering I I heard it. But in any case, PAX, PAX is a sight to behold. It's 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 really it's Comic Con with uh, it's Comic Con for gamers. You got this whole section just sealed off for role players. Huge numbers of people just sitting at a table in wizard costumes around a model of a of a harbor or a castle, taking taking these figurines and having them kill imag- kill imaginary creatures. It's it's very it's very interesting. Yeah, I've heard that. it's a lot more than just video games. Oh yes, yes. Uh, though I, I admit, because I'm not, I'm not a role player myself. I didn't spend much time there, but it was interesting actually seeing them do that sort of thing. And of course, aside from the role playing, there is also uh, the indie scene. You know how in uh, Comic Con they have the indie area where they have all these obscure and small comic book publishers like The Tick and Axe Cop and Doctor McNinja. And, uh, yeah, Tick's not quite in the indie area. He's got his oh, own little booth. They stuck him, so. <laughs> no, he's in that one booth every year pretty close to the entrance. It's actually su- a good spot for him. Oh, yes. I, su- I suppose it's somewhere in the middle. But uh, PAX has something similar. They had an indie showcase area where they had some rather interesting games, mostly on the PC, I might add. People who uh, go on these diatribes about the death of hardcore gaming but aren't really paying attention to these sorts of things because I got to play this neat little puzzle game called Vessel, um, which is which was basically a uh, water, a, 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 a hydraulics and water puzzle game where you use these these tools to create these water creatures and the, and you use them to pick switches and use the physics to do a variety of different things and solve puzzles. And the, the early puzzles, they aren't so easy that you just breeze through them, but they're hard enough that they make it, but they're easy enough that they don't frustrate you, that you can figure them out with enough thought. 
And uh, it, Vessel, by the way, is out right now. It has a very nice kind of steampunkish atmosphere, and I highly recommend it from what I've played. And That's another pretty, one. That sounds pretty cool. They got an indie. They got an indie area, kind of like they have the indie comics area, only it's games. So. Yeah, the, the Vessel was actually right next to Sega too. Sega was uh, pretty close to a lot of these smaller games. And another thing, another another indie game I played was a. Uh, this game called Super Crate Box. Uh, yeah, Super Crate Box, which um, really is a classic arcade-style game. You play a little creature that is constant. Uh, you play these little creatures that have to break these crates and get all these different kinds of weapons, and they jump around this little this little area. It, it kind of this little area, kind of like. Um, Remember the old uh, Mario Brothers game where you had to hit hit turtle shells to knock them over? Yeah, well, I'm well aware of that. That jumped around. Oh, yeah, you are quite old. <laughs> that jumped around and shoots them. And it's a really hard game, but lots of fun. And um, it's available for free right now. Like another game I highly recommend. And um, finally, there was a weird platformer. For the iPad and PC, I forget what it was even called. It, it was like a little creature in a sombrero hat, and it automatically jumped around. And it, it, it's the kind of game that really shows how developers are getting are getting around some of the iPad's limitations because it jumps automatically, and what you basically have to do is time the jumps with moving back, forward, and backward. And so it results in some very interesting, but very fun fact. Um, the, the, the name will be, the name for that game is going to be posted under the podcast later. I, I know I have it around here somewhere. But in any case, yes, lots of fun indie games, which is something I really enjoy about PAX and really helps set it apart from E3, where the big focus is on the bigger publishers and developers. So that that that, that uh, that's that, that's a good reason to go to PAX, even if you are going to E3. So um, yes, that that was my time at PAX. Well, I also I also got to um, for the record, I've already told Jason this is going to go on for a little while because PAX was very fun. But I also got to see Jonathan Colton, whom if you haven't heard of him, Google him and listen to him and learn to love him because he is amazing. And uh, Paul and Storm, along with the video game orchestra during um, PAX's Saturday night concerts, and um, it, it was a, it was amazing. People people were really getting into that. They would t- during th- during uh, this one Final Fantasy song, people would take people took their 3DSs and used them as lighters and. Uh, Held them up and shook them back and forth. It was a really, a really awesome experience that you, you can really only experience at, a, at, a, at an event like PAX. So, um, yes, very, very fun time. And of course, I got to go to the Sega booth. Booth. I got to play Hell Yeah, House of the Dead Four, Sonic Four, Episode Two, which I suppose we'll be discussing later because I got to play it. I'm <laughs> like, all you suckers. <laughs> and uh, I also got to uh, 
play of the new upcoming Jet Set Radio. Well, not the new upcoming, sorry, the port of the Dreamcast original, of course. Previews for Hell Yeah and Jet Set are already up, by the way, so if you want to hear my thoughts on that, just uh, go, go up to the bar, just go up to the features bar and click. That sounds awesome. I'm pretty jealous on the Jet Set Radio and the uh, Sonic 4 Episode 2. Oh, oh yes. Though, really, Jet Set Radio, it's basically the same game but much more beautiful because they've, they've done some actual work in this game. They have actually taken the time to make it widescreen, to smooth it out, to add this dual analog camera. They've done all the things that they should have done with the other Dreamcast games, in particular well, Sonic Adventure. Yeah, they did mo- with most of them. It was fine. It was just Sonic Adventure 1. Now, of course, in the news, we'll be talking about the rumor on Sonic Adventure 2, and I hope that I hope they at least do widescreen on that one. Well, cons- well I'm considering that uh, <coughs> Sonic Adventure 2DX was, was a port done by uh, a, a different... Di- well, okay, let me, let me explain something. I haven't posted the interview yet because of some cu- computer problems I've had, but uh, uh, in my Jack Said Radio, I, in my Jack Said Radio interview... I find out that these game, that these new Dreamcast games, or at least Jeff said Radio, is being handled by a new developer. So while, while he didn't confirm anything, I imagine that this new developer will also be handling games like Side Adventure 2. So cross your fingers. And that's all I have to say about PAX for the moment, until we get to Sonic 4 later. <laughs> a PAX on you. Oh God! You and your horrible puns. Yeah. You know, you know that's the lowest form of humor. True. That's we like do it so well. I mean, Robotnik, or I'm sorry, Eggman in the new in the new Archie comic. He uses puns, and he's evil. Oh, hey, I love Eggman. Eggman's awesome. You're a horrible person. Tails is better than Eggman. I'm seriously thinking about getting a little. Uh, that Eggman symbol that's that comes on every single machine. I'm seriously thinking about getting a tattoo of that on my <laughs> arm. Oh God, you horrible, horrible, hopeless forty-one-year-old nerd, getting tattoos of Eggman on your body. That is amazing. You are such a <laughs> great, right. amazing, perfect person. Hey, you haven't seen my car. <laughs> I've actually oh, had. Oh, I have seen your car. I've seen uh, you haven't seen it lately. I guess it's got even more stickers on it. I had oh, somebody at uh, Games for Less that uh, was uh, an internet blogger. He, <laughs> he was actually taking pictures of it when I was coming out. <laughs> oh, Lord, you horrible, hopeless nerd. <sighs> in any case, I don't have the show notes in front of me. What's, what's next on the agenda? Could you just post the link real quick? Okay, let me go ahead and give you a link, and, and uh, I'll just well, take over for right now. Sonic, and, no, I'll uh, talk about Sonic 4 Episode 2 a bit more. Um, yeah, go ahead. Now, the preview just went up on uh, Sonic Stadium about a, a day or two ago, and I, I did try to go as in-depth as I could about the physics, and I do think yeah, some Yeah, you were people, pretty honest about it, too. Oh, God, yes, yes. I am, I am working on being... As brutally honest as I can be without being a dick. Now about the rolling, is that is it is it as bad as like Sonic Generations rolling or not near as bad as that? 
I, I really don't remember the Sonic Generations rolling. It's been a little while since I've tried it. Well, the HD uh, one, you just press down, and they, he instead of rolling on an incline, he r- slowly rolls and stops. It, uh, is this how it worked, even on an incline? Yeah, pretty much. He, um, barely, he barely rolled downhill. It actually caused friction and made him slow down and stop, even on an incline. It's not that bad, no, but uh, it's, it's, it just doesn't give him the momentum that it should. Like, he'll go, but he doesn't really gain speed. And I, I, I played Sonic 2 right before my second playthrough of, of the Sonic 4 Episode 2 demo, and you are supposed to go faster. It's, it's, it's a bit like ice, really. Mm-hmm. And this was not like ice. It, there was way too much friction. And this was in the snow level, by the way, so it should have been a little icy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, now then, on to the news. The Sonic HD demo has been released, and guess what? My computer got a virus. Got my computer detected a virus on it, and apparently there's even uh, there's even a keylogger program in it. Yeah, it I think this was not what I was expecting. <laughs> yeah, there's been a lot of explaining. Uh, being done lately about that. It's basically that's all it is. Is that it's a keylogger program that I guess they uh, didn't use because they were trying to make anti-DRM on a fan on a game based fan. off of copyright, which is ridiculous, you know. Yes, you know? we should probably go into the go into some of that a little bit. Um, a lot of uh, I know a few people are saying things like. Well, why can't Sega do this? See, look at this amazing game. Well, guess what? Sega did do that. Sega did that in 1992. They made a full game in a year with no key logging. No, no, uh, nothing that would be detected by the Sega Genesis's antivirus software. Yes, I know, I'm joking. But my point is, that it was a professional product made by professionals. It's not even fair to compare to compare a fan project to a professional project because they aren't don't do this as they don't do this for money. They don't do this as part of their livelihood. They do this for fun. Yeah, I mean they they basically are making like it look prettier by uh, by all means. I mean even the. Uh, Sonic HD Remix one that was released uh, last year. It it looks good. It, it plays good. It's basically the same level, the exact same level design, the exact same game you played before, only prettier. I mean, oh, I, no, I got to no, give them compliments on the coding and, and everything they've done on that, but... There was an original level in there, as I recall. The game, that overall was quite good, but again, it wasn't a full game, and have we got, and um, it's being, it's taking a lot longer to actually be made, and chances are. Well, of course, because it's only being made by a few people instead of a huge production team. Because it's not, because it's not a, a professional project, it's probably not even going to be completed. That's oh. just the reality of fan games. I mean, fan, the fan gaming scene for Sonic the Hedgehog is amazing. It is unprecedented. I don't, I don't, I, ha- I have looked for fan games for other franchises, and I have not been able to find m- much in the way of quality. But with Sonic, I have found some neat things, including um, this old game called Shao Mega. Uh, I don't know if Jason's heard this. It's, no. I, I, 
I uh, heard it, of that one. It was this really amazing atmospheric game. It introduced things like the wall jump, things that Sonic, Sonic wouldn't do in retail for years. It had this kind of nice rainy atmosphere, this beautiful music, and it had, and, had, and, and made Shadow his own character. It even properly implemented a uh, homing attack. But it was only two levels, and eventually the uh, team, the, per- the person making it, stopped, stopped working on it because he couldn't work on it anymore. Yeah, the only full game I, I can remember that was released um, that was actually pretty good quality was that oh, I forget the name of it, but it was based off the Doom engine kind of or Quake engine. Oh, oh, I, I, that is a that's an interesting game. It's Sonic Robo Blast. That's too. the one. That's the one. And uh, that that is probably one of the b- biggest success stories in the Sonic fan community in, in the Sonic fan game community because. I think they did actually finish it some time ago. Yeah, and it was actually well, pretty darn good, which surprised yeah. me. Um, and, it's, and it's a 3D game. <laughs> and it's a 3D Sonic game that could probably have been done quite easily on this on the Saturn or 32X because it runs in the Doom engine. <laughs> yep. But um, in any case, yeah, Sonic fan games are amazing. And Sonic and, uh, Sonic Fan Remix, those are amazing efforts, but it's still not fair to compare them to um, professional efforts because you're honestly doing a disservice to the fan games. They're amazing efforts, but they're probably never going to get completed, and in the case of Sonic 2 HD, they may have some pretty big problems of their own. So don't don't compare them, people. Yeah, the sad thing is that now, pretty even though they explain there's no, there's no virus, they're not really... Of get tracking anyone's info or anything. It's just that they, they got, that kind of accidentally got in there. But nobody's ever gonna, and they took it out now. But nobody's ever gonna really de- re- re-download it as far as uh, most of the community. It's well, you know because all the all that bad press they've got, it's pretty much over with. I think. Well, that would be a shame because I think I know what you said, but I think the game did, did look rather beautiful. Yeah, it is very beautiful. Hopefully an experience like this would actually encourage the team to um, get uh, act a bit more professionally and, I don't know, maybe get things done a bit quicker if they're able to. But in any case, um, that uh, there is also the Sonic 4-2 Avatar items, now available for purchase on Xbox Live. I actually got... While waiting at PAX, I actually got a free code for for these items. Uh, did you get the hoodie? Because I think that's the one they were giving out to everybody. Um, I don't remember. I know that I got a female and a male uh, code. Yeah, that's 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 the hoodie, I believe. Well, I still got something cool and free, but I don't really do much of my avatars. He's already dressed in his Shenmue outfit, so <laughs> I'm happy. <laughs> What about you? You you uh, gonna be buying any of this stuff? I don't know. I I shopped around on them. I haven't uh, decided on any of them yet. I like the little tails doll. You pull a little string and he flies around your character. Your avatar. I didn't get crappy myself. And I like the the bad nicks too, like Snowy and that <laughs> running around, bouncing. I, I'm not a big fan of Snowy. Though um, about Snowy, I guess what I want to say is real quick. Though he takes three hits to kill, he he doesn't he doesn't uh, he he's not nearly as 
bad as enemies nor as as enemies with life bars normally are in Sonic games. He he can be killed pretty quickly. No, it looks so. pretty easy to finish. <laughs> yeah, but um, um, there's also, of course, uh, you have this in show notes. I do not personally, but there is the uh, Sonic Root reboot rumor from TSSZ. Right, that everyone's uh-huh. going off, but this is the same place that had the rumor about Sonic Dimension, so you kind of got to give it with a grain of salt, really. Well, I I think it's fair to give it a grain of salt. Aside from the next one, which we'll be, we'll be talking about in a minute, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Well, um, I really don't think Sega would really do something like that, because... Well, for one thing, I'm not sure if it's the best business decision. Not when he got everything working now with Sonic, pretty much. I mean, his 3D levels are working great. His 2D is back to where it used to be, pretty much. Yeah, they just began to really rebuild him. They yeah. really don't, they shouldn't be destroying him again. And then there's the issue of copying Skylanders, which I think would be a very stupid thing. I don't know. I I collect the Skylanders myself, you know. Oh no, no, Skylanders is amazing. But they're kind of going away from having all those extra characters. They because they want it to be just about Sonic and Tails and Eggman, basically. They've been going back to the basics a lot, you know, lately. Skylanders is an amazing concept, but let's all remember what happened with Guitar Hero. We had a bunch of competitors come come onto the market. One succeeded. A bunch of others failed. Konami's attempt at Guitar Hero failed horribly. There's no reason to think that there's no reason to think that in a couple, in, by 2014 there won't be plenty of of uh, competitors for Skylanders too. I and I really I just don't think that's really a good idea because building all these toys is going to cost a lot more than just offering some download codes. And while it could potentially help hold a lot of benefit, it's just I think it's too I think I think it's too risky to really mess with the Sonic brand like that and put that much effort into toys that might not sell. So I hope I, I really don't think Sonic Sega's really gonna go down that route. But I guess we'll see. I mean I I personally don't discounts any rumor unless it's incredibly outlandish. Yeah, I mean, the Sonic Anniversary rumors ended up being pretty much true when it became yes, Sonic Generations. The Sonic Anniversary um, as I recall, came from Sega itself, Sega Spain. They told Sonic Paradise, Sonic Paradise told the rest of us. Some bullshit rumors came out of that, but the rumor itself turned out to be completely true. And now Sonic Paradise, I hope, has a lot has a, has a lot more, has a lot more speed cred. But um, uh, yeah, I really don't. I, I really I I'm really not putting too much stock in this rumor myself, regardless of its source. Yeah, because it, it, the main thing I wouldn't want at all is to, them to redo his look again. Oh God, I think no. it would be a disaster. Especially especially after what they after what Activision did to Spyro. Can you imagine? Sonic oh, some sort of, sort of god awful Americanized redesign. I mean, yeah, or when Universal redesigned Crash and gave him like a 
those tribal tattoos and everything. It made them look pretty horrible. <laughs> yeah. Now, the Sonic Adventure 2 leak. Now, um, it, it was on the list of other unannounced games that were confirmed literally hours after the list was leaked. I think we could perhaps infer that this is that that this is the more confirmed of the two rumors. Yeah, this obviously, one's definitely the one of the more legit sounding ones. Obviously, Sega hasn't said anything yet, but um, I it makes sense. I mean, personally, I was expecting this last year. I thought, yeah, I'm in Sonic Adventure two on Sonic's anniversary. That would be perfect. Get get it out by June. But uh never happened, and now Bud's coming this year. Um, personally, I, I really think that, it, that, should, that this does pan out, I hope that they really go all out with it. One thing I'd really like to see return is the online black market with the... Um, with the with the black market challenge, the special seeds and eggs that you could buy... And I'd love to see them add some online components to the Shao games. Yeah, I mean, I would I'd love to. Myself, I'd like to see uh, Battle done online, too, just, you know, being able okay. to race against others and, you know, certain Sonic or Shadow levels would be awesome. Um, I'd love to take my Shao and pit it against the rest of the Sega Bix Shao um, and uh, kick some ass. I mean, that would be, that would be a lot of fun. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Uh, one of the things, like I said on my article, I'd like to see is um, them actually fix the sound problems that they have in that game. I mean, there's the music's drowning out the speech half the time, or they uh, cut each other off. Well, I imagine that they that, that they that they probably will. Um, just just looking at how much work they're putting, they're putting into the Jet Set Radio port. Uh, well, maybe, I mean, maybe it, not. I mean, uh, with uh, cutting each other off, it's kind of like the timing of the cutscenes and the way they're talking. They might not be able to fix that, but at the very least, they'd be able to keep the soundtrack from drowning out their dialogue. Yeah. Um, ho- ho- hopefully, they'll put that kind of work into it. Um, and uh, hopefully, we'll also get the a online version of the multiplayer component. I mean, I admit it, uh, Sonic Adventure 2 multiplayer wasn't really the best, but, hell, I had fun with it. I'd certainly love to be able to take Amy Rose and destroy Shigs in a race on a, in City Escape. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> you <laughs> you know, that girl. Uh, my brother's uh, comic book store actually had a Sonic Adventure 2 battle tournament uh, one time, because that was the one time we had... Uh, Ken Penders, before he went all Sue happy at our store, doing signing. So we had I had a big uh, Sonic Fighters tournament, Sonic Advance, uh, or Sonic Adventure Battle 2. And uh, that was a lot of fun. So multiplayer is actually pretty good on that one. That, so I'd love to see that done again online. Hello? Yeah, hi. Okay, um, you sound like you're taking a drink, I guess. Oh, I was taking a drink. <laughs> I, my throat's getting rather parched from talking like this. Um, all right, well, uh, next well, one. No, well, the one other thing I wanted to say is, I know some people get on my case about it, well, because it's got the monitors and everything, but fix the emerald hunting level so where if you're near an emerald, no matter what, 
even if it's not its turn, it beeps off and you can, you know, and it turns red so you can grab it. Because otherwise it's completely frustrating, especially compared to Sonic Adventure 1. And you're just wandering around forever, aimlessly trying to find one of those emeralds. Especially on the uh, Outer Space Asteroids one with the Rouge. God, I hated that level so much. Well, you know what? What my what I would love to see. I would love them to just let us skip those levels altogether. <laughs> yeah, really. Shooting is boring. I want to take shots on a King Shadow, and I want to kill robots. That's pretty much the best part of Sonic Adventure Two is just playing as Sonic or Shadow, and that's pretty much it. I, I do wish that they had just that that Sonic Team would just would have just accepted that. They were, they were going to make a short game that was going to be all Sonic. I really wish they had just done that, because the whole reason why they um, added these alternate gameplay modes was because they wanted to extend the length of the game without what, having these, all these huge speed levels. That's what they always do. That's what they did with Unleashed. I mean, Sonic, the Unleashed levels with just Sonic were incredible. They're just awesome, but the Werehog levels, you know, after the first five or ten minutes or so, just get bogged down and tiresome. A lot of people feel the same way that basically if you could only play the Werehog for about five to ten minutes per level, it'd actually be pretty fun. But when they stretch it out to ten, thir- 20 to 30 minutes, then it becomes oh, just a chore. Yeah, that's one good thing about the Wii version is that people complained about there being more Werehog levels, but they, what, what they were actually were was there were three short warehog levels. Well, yeah, but they're so, all in a row. It's still the same. Yes, but it's... it's sometimes you have to do, like, five up, five of those levels in a row. Yeah, but it's still the same length. And if you die, you don't go... And if you get a game over, you don't get go back to the very beginning. That's true. But um, in any case... Um, another cool announcement in the last, since we had our last show was Sonic 4 and 2's... Uh, Special unlock thingy. Um, Metal Sonic. Yeah, base, episode Metal. Basically, if you buy ep- episodes one and two, or if you already own episode one and you buy episode two, and you're on the set and it's on the same system, of course, then you get episode Metal oh, for free. <laughs> and it's basically Metal Sonic going through four levels, I guess, of episode one, and a special laid out versions just for him that explain his backstory. Mm. I, that is pretty cool. It's a kind. It's a, a little bit like uh, the whole Sonic Three and Knuckles uh, um, lock-on capabilities, except of course not not as much of it. Yeah, you don't get full, you know, Metal Sonic through all of Episode One and Two. Just that particular episode, but it's still cool that you're able to play as Metal. And who knows, it might. You know, actually, eventually put out a little DLC thing where you can play as him through the whole uh, game. Well, I imagine the reason why they didn't just do that to begin with is because he plays different from Sonic. Right. Um, And uh, Sonic 4's release date has just been revealed. Um, Well, it was also on the trailer, yeah. Oh, yeah, but, uh uh-oh, here here comes the burp. That reminds me, why haven't you been burping? Everyone, because, uh, I just wanted to let you all know that he has a a a, a hernia, hernia, hi, hiatal hernia or esophageal hernia. 
But that was earlier, and I've gotten rid of it since, so now I'm good. I was looking forward to saying that, but it's gone away. He's looking forward to me belching through the whole episode, and i got to disappoint <laughs> him. Yes, yes. You're going to make me look so much more classy in comparison. But, yes, the release dates, May. Um, it's a little weird, given that a Sega rep said on camera that um, the... Uh, that the Android version was coming out in April, and now it turns out it's coming out after the console versions in May. But, um... All right, well, the thing is, we don't know the exact date of the iOS or Android oh. ones. It just says May. Okay, it's, it still could come out first, then. Yeah, it still but, could. But regardless, it's not April, it's May. Uh, lining up very nicely with the uh, upcoming uh, Sonic 4 adaption in the, uh, Sonic, in the Archie Sonic magazine. So all of our speculation about the magazine confirming the date of the game was correct, which is... Pretty much. Cool, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we got <coughs> May 15th for uh, PSN, May 16th for Xbox Live, uh, May from all, pretty much all the other, uh, phone, phone versions. Except uh, Windows 7, I guess, is, I hear is like July or August. It's like real late. <laughs> but um, uh, I'm, I'm happy that it's coming back out on as, as soon as it is, given that the time between announcement and release for a Sonic game is usually quite a bit longer. <laughs> so uh, it got announced in, what, January, and it's coming out in May. and Yeah, but downloadable so, titles, usually they barely get an announcement before they're released, or none yeah. at all. So that's not too bad. I mean, I imagine that Episode 1 was originally going to come out in April or May until they got the leak, and then there was a lot of people upset, so it just ended up uh, getting released later. Okay, yeah, it is July for Windows 7, the one that's okay. compatible yeah. with Xbox uh, 360 version where you can cloud save and then continue on the Windows 7. Although, what does that matter by then? Because you'll be two months late. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could maybe just take forever playing, get, get, getting through the game. Who knows? Yeah. But, um, okay, now, just speaking of Sonic 4 Episode 2. This is the perfect that, time to talk about it. Yes, yes, it is. Um, I'm going to uh, loosen up my de- demeanor a bit now, so. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> okay, so, yeah, Sonic 4 Episode 2. Um, it, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it's it's uh, it's like it's not a complete overhaul of Episode One. Anyone expecting that is going to be disappointed. But um, uh, it's 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 still a much better game. I mean, I I, I uh, this is not a this is not an official statistic, but uh, I was told that the budget for this was something like four times as much as. Um, Episode one was, and you can tell because yeah, the in, level your, in your preview you brought up that it had a bigger budget, like three or four times, I think. And it's being sold at the same price, by the way. Yeah, fifteen dollars. And the, and the original game was had a pretty had a pretty decently sized budget itself, from what I'm told. Which but I imagine uh, will be much cheaper on iOS or the oh, smartphone yeah. versions. Though um, I, I also I did get to get a look at the Android version. The Android version is impressive. I think the frame rate was a bit slower, and of course, 
you have to deal with the slippery touchscreen controls, but it's still a pretty gorgeous game, even on that tablet. So, regardless of the price, it's it's a pretty uh, Android owners, I think, are getting a pretty good deal. Now, um, let, let me just talk about the the, the details of the graphics. Um, Sylvania Castle uh, has has this really beautiful color scheme. I mean, you got to see it on screen to, to to really appreciate it. It's got all these um, um, kind of turquoises and greens and blues. And in the background, there's this sun shimmering over the mountains and the, with light just kind of shining through the clouds. And it's just a really gorgeous bit of scenery. And it all blends really well with the, uh, with the pine trees and the ruins and the, and the, ruins in the background. Um, it is probably one of the best, uh, dig- best looking digital games I've played. Of course, I haven't really played that many digital games, aside from retail versions of digital games, which I don't really count. But, um, as far as digital only, ex- dig- digital only experiences, episode two is pretty beautiful. And, um, in the, in the snow level, uh, White Park, uh, the, uh, the, the background is really animated there. You got this, this boat swinging up and down. You got this roller coaster movie. You got this Ferris wheel. And the snow itself, there's, there's a lot of movement. You can run, run past flowers. And as you run past the flowers, the snow will fall off. Um, just not, lots of neat little details that really show just how much nicer these graphics are. I mean, episode episode two goes episode one out of the water. Episode two makes episode one look like a fugly mess of pre-rendered scenes and low poly three D and, and low poly three D models. But let's be honest, the first episode one, uh, as far as backgrounds go, it looked like a flash game. Oh God! <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I, I the thing I, I dislike most about episodes one's graphics was. The whole shininess of the backgrounds. A lot of people complained. And, um, that probably led to me giving the game, uh, kind of a pass in that area because people were complaining about everything from the color of the, the grass to the color of Sonic's eyes. I was like, dude, this is getting, getting ridiculous. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> but, um, episode two really makes episode one look bad. <laughs> Um, though I, I really do wish that Sega had just gone with a hand-drawn style for both of these games so that um, they wouldn't have had that problem to begin with. But, yeah, regardless, very beautiful game. And the, the, the physics. Now, this is something I tested as extensively as I could. I'm no expert. I am no expert. If you want an expert, go to Sonic Retro. See what, see what they have to say once they start playing uh, Sonic 4 Episode 2 next month. But me, personally... Um, well, they did fit, like, like Ken Ballo said, they fixed the, uh, movement. They, they fixed the movement. Sonic, um, when you let go of the analog thumbstick, Sonic will keep moving. He will keep his momentum. Uh, he will keep his momentum through jumps while he's running, while he's spinning. Um, and, Overall, things are a bit more momentum-based. You can use your spin dash to get up hills and stuff. I've noticed that there are fewer, fewer speed 
speed um, speed boosts in, in, in the levels I played as well. The, and fewer bumpers. I mean, they were still there. There were still some bumper sections. But uh, most of the time, Sonic did get around on his own power. So people complaining about that, well, I've, from what little I've played of the, of the two acts at PAX, <laughs> that rhyme, um, it is a much less automated speed boosty game. Now, to be fair, I saw one um, video where you, um, they did like two minutes of gameplay. I think it was through White Park, and only twice was there any speed boosts when the guy yeah. was going through it. Um, and uh, and uh, I think I think the speed boosts I'm talking about, and the bumpers I'm talking about, are in Sylvania, which of course, which of course is the first level, and the first level. Of Sonic games are typically very easy and sometimes kind of automated. But, um, yeah. So the level design is better. The, the, the geography of the levels I find is better. Um, there's more to do. There's more to see. You can use tails to fly around, to dig through snow. You can, um, skate around. You can, you can ski around on Falling snow, be chased by avalanches. In Slovenia, you've got water, underwater areas. You've got you've got all these you've got all these little secret areas that you can jump to. There's just a lot to see and do. The levels overall are just yeah, Ken was mentioning that the levels are at least twice as long. Huh? Yeah, it's um, just a much the levels are much more complicated. There's there's just much more to see and explore compared to Episode One. At least the the early levels of episode one, which is, which is kind of what I'm comparing it to, because um, episode two did kind of get a bit more complicated as it went on. So I expect that episode two will as well, so, yeah. But, um, oh, and the tails, the, the, the tails mechanic. Um, a lot of people, I, I'm basically at this point, I'm parodying my preview, but... Um, a lot, a lot of people complained about uh, Tails not being playable, but um, I think they're kind of missing the point, because the game is not just Sonic or Tails. Is, uh, do we, is Sonic even playable by himself? No, not in Episode 2 anyway, because he wouldn't be able to get fly around. And Yeah, I, yeah I mean, it's basically Sonic and Tails are one character. You're playing as both. The primary difference is Sonic is in the lead, but you can you can use tails to swim around. You can use tails to fly, and it it, it all comes together very easy. It's not like an it's not like in Sonic Three when you need a second player to play as tails to do, to do any kind of cooperative. <coughs> you use it all with a single controller, and it's um it's whew, running out of breath from all from a yeah. <laughs> I'm running out of breath from unlocking my uh, <laughs> demeanor, but um, yeah, um, they're they're basically a single play, play, play player character. It's one character with all the moves. So, so the two are basically actually, acting as one, is what you're saying? Yeah, they're two acting as one. I mean, I guess Sega probably could have a. Allowed you to have have tails in the lead, and maybe he grabs on the Sonic during homing attacks or something. It's probably something that they could have done. That back would look kind of weird, I imagine. 
It's, it's, it's just not really how the game was built to be. It was built to be a Sonic and Tails game, not either or. So, no, that's, I don't really see a problem here. <laughs> so how do the um, physics compare to, say, Sonic Generations as far as closer to being classic Sonic? Um, uh, I don't know. I'd say Sonic Generations is still closer. But Sonic 4, uh, Episode 2 really is really is just an improvement over, over Episode 1, but still, like, has some of the stiffness. Uh, it still feels kind of similar. And as I've said before, like things like um, going down a hill, don't don't really get you the momentum that they should and stuff. But um, I I would probably rate Sonic Generations better overall, despite um, some of Generations' own problems with rolling. All right. <coughs> I'm, I wasn't even thinking of Sonic Generations when I was playing that game. I was focusing on comparing it to Sonic 2. <laughs> right, so that sounds like it's going to be pretty sweet. Like the, and, uh, it's a better game, but people just have to get, get over the fact that it's not, that it's not their uh, chance of physics. Yeah, I mean, even when you're playing like those Game Gear Sonic games, they, they have their own style of physics to them. That you yeah. have to take takes you a little one, bit to get used to. One thing that the Game Gear has I really like is that you can enter a jump in midair and can actually use that. It, it would have been the perfect way to solve the the uncurling problem in Sonic Four Episode One. Yeah, and that's so, true. That you, you go into it, you can go into a curl by just pressing the button twice. Yeah, and it's like it has to be timed too because <coughs> it's not, it only curls for a certain amount of time. Of course, we'll be get, getting into that later, I guess. Right, so... Because we get right to, now uh, is comic talk. And I would like to add that in addition to um, playing Sonic 4 Episode 2, I've also read Sonic Universe Issue Number 39. <laughs> uh, uh, maybe we should save that for the next episode. <laughs> I think I, I'll at least have to say a few things about it. I did see the little spoiler where uh, Eggman sinks his <laughs> Sonic Adventure 2 Eggman theme to yeah. itself. That was that awesome. <laughs> I wouldn't say awesome. I mean, it's cool. But, okay. So, um, Sonic Universe number 38. Snively gets slapped, or slapped around like a little bitch. <laughs> well, at the end of the issue, anyway. Yeah. And, uh, this is uh, the first Sonic uh, issue ever where there's absolutely no anthropomorphic animals in it. No furries whatsoever. That is surprising, too. Just um, and robots. My main problem... Wait, wait. Didn't they, like, have Shadow and Rouge and the, uh... Off and, and the off-panel, off but that doesn't really count. That was hilarious, especially when Dubs did his little, um... Re, re, redos of the dialogue. <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. We've got to post that. We've got to post that. i gotta find, I got to go find that one, too. But uh, my main problem was actually what, what's there in the uh, in the comic the off-panel comic strip is the excuse of having Shadow and Rouge gone to protect the president. I think is extremely weak. I'm sure a lot yeah. of people would have liked to have seen Shadow taking on the Eggman Empire and such, but at least come up with a better excuse like they're on a mission away from the base than well, just protecting the president. 
Pressings can be douches. They can say, no, I want the, I want the furry ones, cause they, cause they can just, cause they can destroy anything. I want the furry ones. And I want something you can cuddle with on my, on the ride there. <laughs> but, um, this, this, this issue was really all about, um, Snively and Hope. That was a relationship that was kind of left unresolved, cause Snively sent Hope off so that she wouldn't get killed in the coming Holocaust. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of his actual... Uh, human moments. Yeah, human moments, <laughs> where he does care about Hope somewhat. You know, he he, he does, does you know, doesn't want her to get hurt. That's why he uh, sent her off and didn't let her get, uh, get fired upon before. But still, he doesn't get it that he does she doesn't want to be part of his taking over the world, you know, plan. She just yeah. wants to help out. So she was heartbroken by the whole thing. Actually, I thought the sweetest moment was when uh, um, Omega-123 came into the picture, and he's all like, uh, oh, sorry, God. I'm not programmed to comfort you and everything. Why are you leaking? <laughs> no, you know, he's like, no, uh, please don't leak. He didn't know, he didn't know uh, how to handle the situation. <laughs> And of course, he's also this cold, callous-feeling robot. So it's like, how do you comfort he's a little totally girl? He's not totally cold and callous-feeling, though. He's, he, no, no, no. He has callous, a soul. He's made of metal, and he's hard, and he's yeah. physically cold. How do you comfort someone when when you're this big, gigantic, walking, talking refrigerator that shoots missiles? <laughs> I basically only built for death and destruction, pretty much. That's actually yeah. the second time someone's weeped on a robot in one month in a Sonic comic, too. <laughs> Which is funny. There, 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 little fleshy thing. Oh, my. Got them on the back and crushed their larynx by accident. <laughs> tries, to, tries to wipe away her tears and ends up blinding her with his shark claws. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Um, well, it looks like it's going to build up pretty good to Iron Queen. And oh, oh, yes. Right. It, it, uh, I can't wait to read uh, next week. Issue number 39 is quite good. I hate that the East Coast gets all the issues early in their subscriptions. It, like, every time I subscribe to Sonic, it always comes like a month late. You know, <laughs> we're on the West Coast, it sucks. <laughs> oh, if you're willing to pay me a special fee, I could get another... Know, thanks. But you think it would it's come like maybe a week late. I mean, they're still, still shipping it out through the re- regular mail order process. But, but every time um, I've tried it, it was a, would be a month or two late when I did it with Sonic X, so I just stopped doing that. I also really liked seeing the Colonel, was it Brass? Colonel Brass? Yeah. The guy with the with the G carved into the back of his head. It was nice seeing what happened to him and actually seeing legionized humans. And apparently he he's even worse to his own kind than he is to the Mobians because he he rewired their brains and made them these mindless machines. And he, he he's actually kind of disappointed with that because he says all these horrendous, horrible things to them. It's like can't get a reaction out of him. He's like, oh, God damn, you're boring. Yeah, I guess he's, he's just frozen in place while he's, well, his mind's gone, too. <laughs> Though I do wonder what's going to happen to these legionized characters, especially the ones like, uh, like, uh, Colonel Brass. I think that's his name. Because, uh, 
I don't know. That seems like a plot line that could that should be resolved at some point. But I don't know. Ian does have, kind of have a tendency of just let of just letting characters' fakes being limbo. Yeah, for uh, a while, like the bride of also, whatever in Mission Thirty Nine, she's got those uh, legionized eyeballs of all things. <laughs> yeah, that's actually explained in issue number thirty nine. Want me to spoil it? It's very small. I just I saw that in the preview. I think she's oh. the only one who got legionized, and she doesn't want her army to. But Eggman's all like, "Too bad, I own you." Good, <laughs> I own you, bitch. Now do what I say. Um, but um, another thing really, I really liked about the issue was seeing Eggman basically lay waste to Gun for the first time in the comic. Yeah, and I love those little egg walkers that look like the ATATs from Star Wars. Only they got Eggman's face on them. <laughs> That's and he, he Eggman basically does that does that same thing again the next issue to another poor group of people. <laughs> yeah, uh, one thing I love about Ian's uh, writing is Eggman. He does the best Eggman I think of as far as video games and comics and cartoons. This Eggman is my favorite. Yeah, I mean, he, he has this kind of Joker feel where he's likable and he's funny, but at the same time he's so freaking evil, <laughs> and he just enjoys being evil. <laughs> Now, I'm going to talk a little briefly about Sonic Universe number 39 before we move, move on to 235. Um, well, 30, might as well. 39 will probably be out just two days after this is released. So. Don't <laughs> well, get too any heavy in this I'm not going to get too into it, it, but I am going to say that we do get some development on um, Snively and Regina Farron's relationship. Now, I've heard a lot of people speculate whether or not it's real. And it, admittedly, it, it, it is left a little vague. It was, it has been left a little vague whether or not Regina's just kind of playing. Well, yeah, you can, you can talk about that because I've been spoiled on that. They are in a relationship, which is sh- shocking enough. I wasn't going to spoil it, but yes, they do actually love each other. <laughs> so it should be interesting to see what, see what, what goes on in the next issue. And we also get to see Monkey Kong, um, and, and he does encounter Robot Sally, and it will probably go as you would expect. <laughs> probably freaks out about that. Oh, no, he probably lets her beat her, beat her up just like he lets her walk all over him in real life. <laughs> oh, well, now I've got to spoil it. He kills her. There. Just said it. <laughs> yeah. That's a surprise, <laughs> Sally turned him into such a wuss. It's it's sad. Yeah, well, he, he wasn't he wasn't even likable before, so there. Uh, he's still but, not that uh, likable to me. Yeah, but um, yeah. So that's two. That's thirty-eight, thirty-nine, and now two thirty-five. We finally get a pretty good idea who the traitor is, and I completely misread a part of the comic book, and I completely. I thought it was something completely different until I went back to read it again. Yeah, uh, this so is the episode I'll... you have to have a sponge for, because everybody's weeping like mad. <laughs> oh, God. That's been the last few issues. Not as bad we... as this one. There's like four or five weeping scenes in this. <laughs> uh, I mean, it is, not... it is nice that we get a uh, moment with Tails and his dad, finally, because ne- you never really see the the parents with Tails at all. Yeah. So he's off on his own. So um, I, I actually really want to talk about that stuff. But first, just say who the traitor is. 
Okay, well, I I'm pretty darn sure it's um, Rotor. Because at the beginning oh, of the issue, hey. and as as um, as Mogul <laughs> has explained for the longest time, it's one of the fi- founding freedom fighters makes a mistake. Well, not necessarily a traitor, but makes a decision that ruins you know the the freedom fighters forever or what have you. And and there's two there's two things that happened in 235. Bunny went off on her own. She left him a note. We don't know what she's going to do, but it's possible she's going to get legionized or something. And uh, Rotor quit being a member of the council because they're kicking uh, Nicole out, and it's it's not really fair to her when she's been defending the city. So she uh, protected her by by quitting. Now, the thing is, Rotor is a founding member, but not Bunny. Bunny didn't come until several issues later. Bunny, uh, Bunny I, I, is basically a red herring, I guess. Just like Antoine was kind of a red herring. Ian's been very crafty with this because he's been very specific with who the traitor is. So it has to be these a specific set of characters. But he's basically taken all of them out except the one absolutely, absolutely no one, including Silver, would expect. Because Silver's already already kind of checked Rotor off the list. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's even a scene where he says, I'm, I'm sorry I ever thought of you as the traitor, you know. <laughs> and this goes all the way back to Comic-Con when I asked Ian on the panel. I said, well, you know, in generations, Rotor is Boomer again. So if we go back, does, uh, does Boomer still count as possibly being a traitor? And he gave me the dirtiest look at the time. So I think I've... <laughs> I think I got the answer, <laughs> you know. Oh my God! You never told me that. I've told you that before. Yes, I have. Okay, well, it's I, been a long, it's been a long, long time ago, though. But um, yeah, and the other thing is, with him gone, uh, what's his name? Nagus is already saying, "Well, we have to uh, do an emergency election and get somebody else in there." Now, see, if it's oh, an emergency my. election, they can get, oh, they could get August Jeffrey. could possibly get anyone he's on. That's what I was thinking. It was poss- it could possibly be Jeffrey <laughs> or somebody else who will suck up oh, to August. clever dog. We need to get him on this podcast so we can all give him that, that the luck. Clever, <laughs> clever dog. <laughs> so, like, Rotor doesn't even doesn't even purposefully betray the free empires. Exactly. You know, the free fighter of, of as such, you know, in Nicole. So that his decision, which he thinks is, you know, doing something brave and bold is actually uh, going to bite them in the ass in the long run, I think. Though I do have to wonder, um, how would this give Nagus some kind of majority in the council? Because I mean, while I, 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 while well, the council can be kind of yeah, dick, yeah, you know, what the, yeah, but the rest of the council are pretty much pushovers. They they've proven that in the past. I, I suppose, um, which is kind of weird when you think about considering that most of them are former freedom fighters in some capacity, except for Tails' uh, other in the future because. Uh, as Mogul is explaining at the beginning of the issue, there's t- there's also two more Chaos Emeralds on Nagus's wand, and they're the guns Chaos Emeralds. 
<laughs> so somewhere along the line, the Nagus, uh, I guess, whoever else is with them is going to fight Shadow and Rouge and Omega. So that's going to mm. be interesting. Anyway, uh, and I love the rest of the issue. I love the way Sonic finally gets sick and tired of... Oh, God, yes. And oh, my God. Runs him to the hospital room and just throws him right out there. Yeah, Sonic, Sonic not taking any shit right now. He's going to grab you by your weird-looking hair. He's going to throw you into a hospital room and show you this dying man. It's a little out of character for him to be this hot-tempered, but at the same time... No, 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 no. He's, gone through, not, he's gone through hell in the last few issues, you know. He's yeah, going to feel rough for him, so he can at least understand where he's coming from. And then when Silver sees the note, he goes, oh, well, maybe Bunny's hit your... And then he goes and just jumps into Jackson again. This is like, not out of character. Never mind. This is not out of character, out of character at all for Sonic, in my opinion, because he can only really take so much shit. Uh, let's, let's review what has happened over the last bunch of issues. Um, okay, Nagas has become king. Is Jeffrey has become a traitor. His girlfriend has been robot. Not done yet. Sally has been roboticized. Nicole has been basically betrayed and and uh, and uh, cast out. Um, let's see. Uh, Antoine has been bla- has been blasted into a coma, and uh, and uh, I, I think that's it. At oh, and uh, Numa Metropolis was blown up twice. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, you can only take so much shit until you just flip out on somebody. That he ruined the awesome windowsill of his. It had <laughs> the feathers going out like Sonic 1, <laughs> Sonic 2, the wings. That was awesome. Uh, but really, the, the way this comic has been going, I've said this on Bumble King, and people have been ignoring me, but I'm going to say it again. It reminds me of another comic book of, a, of another comic book I read called Invincible, where Robert Kirkman he likes to take his main characters and put them through a lot of shit, shit after shit after shit. Like there is this one part of the comic book where he he has the main character beaten to a pulp. Um, he has these doppelgangers destroy the, the, the destroy massive amounts of the image universe. Um, kill kill one of the big characters, uh, nearly kill his girlfriend. Then, then then he then he encounters this massive, powerful enemy who beats who beats the shit out of him again, and and things just keep getting destroyed and destroyed and destroyed. And then L.A. gets blown up, and it's just all this shit has been happening. And it, 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 like he, he flips out just like Sonic does on on occasion. Yeah, you know, I mean sometimes you just gotta have the heroes lose, or else the yes. book starts becoming less interesting if they're and, always winning. And the, the the status quo in Invincible, just like in Sonic, is in constant flux lately. Um, things are constantly I mean, changing. Character things char- things are constantly happening to characters, and things are looking to be very different from how they used to be. And frankly, I think that's a very good thing. Yeah, I mean, because you got to change up the status quo every once in a while. The status quo really hasn't changed that much since the comic book started. I mean, we've had things like Robotnik dying, Freedom Fires taking over Mobitropolis, 
The Freedom Fighters taking over Mopatropolis. Um, the Freedom Fighters getting kicked out of Mopatropolis, etc. But it, it, it always typically takes them back to a status quo of a group of characters <laughs> in a small kingdom find, fighting, f- fighting Eggman with the same cast and the, the same conflict. And at best, maybe the set, maybe where they live changes a bit to someplace more sensible. Because, you know, Not Hole by the, by, by issue 160, Not Hole was a pretty stupid location. There was no reason for Robotnik not to blow the shit out of that years ago. <sighs> yeah. The only uh, thing I thought was kind of an odd scene, but I know the reason you know it was there was Amy being consoled by Sonic's parents. <laughs> oh, I really, I really liked that. I mean, that. it was sweet, but at the, <laughs> I bet there were a lot of Sonic Amy fans that were upset after he saw Silver and decided not to go consort Amy. But, uh, yeah, I mean, where are her parents at? It's always just uh, her with everyone else. I mean, honestly, it's probably the best thing about Amy's character. They haven't given given her parents. I mean, in my opinion, one of the worst things that they did to the Sonic comics was give most of the characters parents and family. (laughs) Well, I actually made... Tails a little bit more interesting. I love I love his parents. His parents are oh, you know yeah. To be fair, they weren't really brought into the picture until after Ian Flynn came in. Yeah, he knows how to use he he knows how to use characters like that without um. Uh, like I brought up at Comic Con, every one of the main four has their has their background story except Amy. Amy yeah, doesn't really have much I, of a background. Well, and so I would like to see that uh, explored uh, eventually. Amy does have a. Robbo the Hedge. Yeah, Robbo the Hedge is her cousin, and that's about all we know. <laughs> and she's from Mercia. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty much it. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean... I really it, like it, the comics have been going. Um, now, let's, let's look back at Genesis and at um, 2010. I mean, in, 2000, in 2010, I found the comics to be fairly boring. By and large, the, really the, the only interesting arc I remember is a uh, Bunny Rabbit's backstory arc, and that was two issues. But that um, was in two thousand nine. That was in two thousand ten, actually. Oh, whatever. Back year with those with those comics before uh, Jeffrey's betrayal. For me, Jeffrey's betrayal really really was kind of the turning point for the entire book. Because now the story... Unfortunately, it slowed down shortly after his betrayal for a while, and then it picked up around 2.30. Well, yeah, because of Genesis. Yeah, Genesis, I think, was a horrible stopgap, and I think it was a mistake overall. It should have been a miniseries. I'm going to keep saying that. It should have been a miniseries. It probably would have sold plenty of comic books that way because it was crossing over into the main game universe. I still think they could have put all three uh, games into one four point issue. I mean, because basically the first part and the second part of that uh, first two issues was, was them going through the levels of Sonic 1. <laughs> and they could, that could have been shortened a lot. I suppose. But, um, yeah, so uh, I, I, hope peop- I hope people are going to, more game, more Sonic game fans will, will start reading the comic books, because they've gotten really good over the last few years. Yeah, it's been getting much better. It's been getting more press too. So, yeah. um, Ian Flynn has been been doing a lot of things with that comic book that I've never seen them do 
in an all-ages comic book before, like having bad things happen to the heroes and have those things have a long-term effect. I mean, remember 175 where not Hulk gets blown up? Yeah, I've, next, I've complained about this many times. How the, the by the next issue, Hulk. everything's back to normal hunky-dory. From what I understand, that had something to do with a Sega mandate where the, the heroes had to win the next, the very next issue. Um, but uh, it's been so so long since I've since I've read that that uh, don't don't remember the details. But Sega cannot Sega's mandates can often have a detrimental effect on the storyline. I find aside from their mandates, like Sonic not have a permanent girlfriend. I appreciate that one. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, Sonic hooking up with Sally and then having that whole love relationship soap opera thing in the 140s and 150s. You know, I had every other girl. He's reading that whenever I picked up the comic book, and I was barely reading it at, at that point. That's true. Hmm. Anyway. <coughs> uh, uh, you, you want to um, get to uh, our game talk for the week? Sonic Triple Trouble. This was my little baby when I was a young lad of seven or eight. I forget what my age... No, no, actually, I was... Yeah, seven or eight. It uh, was my one of my first Sonic games. And it's still one of my favorites. Um, yeah, and I really couldn't get that much into it when I originally had on Game Gear, because, of course, it's one of those games where you have to... You have to restart it every single time, and, of course, with Game Gear's battery three hours... There's a lot of times where the I can't get battery is not have a, The Game Gear's battery is not three hours. It's five to six. Well, five to six. Anyway, um, six. I don't think I ever beat it when I originally owned it. But now, of course, with the, with the ability to save your restore point at any time, I was able to get through it. Now I'm getting through it as Tails. And I was just amazed at how enjoyable this game is. Yeah, it, 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 it is one of Sonic's best, most underrated games, I think. Um it, it had a lot of unique elements. I, I had actually written in, okay, cooling down into my cool jazz mode again. <clears throat> yeah, but, but yeah, Sonic, Sonic Triple Trouble. That was, that had a lot of unique elements. Uh, it had things like, um, it had all these cool power-ups like Sonic's jet boots and Tails' submarine and it really resulted in a, in a very different game from the Genesis uh, series. The Genesis series was, you know, all about shields and going to special stages for Chaos Emeralds and stuff like that. And uh, Triple Trouble, it, its power-ups were a bit more varied. They, they didn't actually even have shields in Triple Trouble, which, looking back, is kind of surprising given that's basically a mainstay in the series. But, um, uh, they had their own odd power ups, mainly just ones where they sped them through the level. Uh, like, um, either Tails I, ran faster, Sonic had those weird jet boots. Well, no, that, there's also the surfboard, yeah, and the submarine, and Sonic had the, a water version of the jet boots, and there's also that the spring power up. And, uh, things like the surfboard, uh, sorry, the um, snowboard allowed allowed Sonic to 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 like traverse the level in unique ways, get over 
uh, snow drifts that you would otherwise fall through and find alternate ways to get through the level. It was, um, it adds a nice variety to the game. Um, well, then the levels it, themselves are very, uh, had a lot of variety to them as it is yeah. just in the design alone. It's very well done in that, in that concept. And, uh, really it is the best Sonic game on the Game Gear 2. It was the result of years of Sega working on honing the Sonic formula on a handheld because with with each game they added more moves, they added more power-ups, they add and they added uh, bigger levels. And Sonic fun, little fungal fact, Sonic Triple Trouble was the first Sonic game built specifically for the Game Gear. Games like Sonic Chaos were built on the Master System and the Game Gear simultaneously. And so the... I was going to ask if Triple Trouble ever made it to Master System. Nope. Um, the Master System would not be able to handle it. The Master System had, had inferior graphical capabilities and inferior color palette. Huh, I thought it basically was a Master System for the most part. Uh, it, it was basically a Master System, but it was a souped-up Master System. Ah. It uh, could provide more colors and such, and this just resulted in better-looking games. Just look at, just uh, take Sonic Chaos compared to Sonic Triple Trouble. That's basically the difference in the <coughs> Or Sonic 1 in comparison on the, Sonic 1, the uh, Game Gear versions anyway. Hmm. But, um, um, uh, but the, the, the Game Gear, the Game Gear game Triple Trouble, uh, had deeper colors and more details and better strikes. Another fun fact, uh, Sonic Chaos was also the first game where Tails could fly. Not Sonic 2, which kind of surprised me, given that uh, Sonic 2 was Tails' first appearance, and he flew all the time whenever I played as Sonic. Sonic Chaos then was before Sonic 3. Yeah, it was. A year before. <coughs> that's why, I think that's why, why Tails flies a... You initiate Tails' flight differently on a Chaos. You press up and the jump button instead of the jump button twice. Now, I don't know the exact full story, but it seems like a so- Sonic Triple Trouble takes place during the time of uh, Sonic 3. Because uh, Knuckles is still your enemy. I don't really think they were thinking of storyline at the time. Have you beaten the game yet? I've beaten it on, so with Sonic. I have not beaten it with Tails, and I haven't gotten all the uh, six Chaos Emeralds yet. Or is there well, seven got, on this one? Have you gotten the ending where Sonic freeze Knuckles? Uh, yeah. And they and they like uh, do a ter- a terrorist fist bump and yeah, I seen them doing the fist bump yet. <laughs> I remember when I first saw that. Saw that that the final boss stage is really cool. Um, really, it's, it's one of my favorite boss stages to- in total because it starts out with you blasting through a corridor on jet boots, and then so- metal, so- then metal Sonic, the cool, ver- the cool metal Sonic, flies up from behind you and knocks you down. Then there's a fight with him. Then after that, you kind of makes it quadruple co- trouble when you think about it. Yeah, <laughs> and then um, you run into Fang, uh, into Knack the Weasel who is trying to act all threatening and stuff, and then the oh, building shakes and gets the hell out of there. <laughs> and uh, then you encounter Robotnik, and you go through a whole gauntlet of 
stuff, you need boss battles against him. And, um, and <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, one bad thing to mind. say is that every boss fight I encountered, <coughs> sorry, uh, just didn't seem very hard. Oh no, the bosses the, the bosses are rather easy. Yeah, but just remember, in Sonic Two, they didn't give you any rings; they suck you in a pit. Yeah, I don't want to remember Sonic Two on Game Gear. That was the worst. I I beat I I beat that that boss recently. That is a is a real bitch. I'd rather I'd rather have an easy boss battle than than, than an impossible than, than an impossible one myself. Right. Um. And another thing about Sonic Triple's Trouble that I really enjoy is uh Fang the, is uh, Fang the Weasel or Fang the Sniper slash Knack the Weasel. Actually, yeah, depending on I guess what country you're from. He actually has some personality in his sprites and stuff. He's kind of a he's a he's like a goofy bounty hunter who tries to act seriously but always fucks up. You know what's funny is they call him the sniper and everything. I never see him with the gun in the in the game so far. It's always a like a device similar to Eggman's you know mobile yeah, stuff. Which is why I kind of prefer to call him Mac the Weasel because Mac Steel Weasel Beavery. You know it works better since he's stolen the Chaos Emeralds, and he's trying to take you down with all these ridiculous traps and weapons and stuff. But, uh, have you beaten all of the uh, uh, Not all the bonus uh, levels, no. I have, I've only uh, gotten through three bonus levels. Okay, so I think, so you may have encountered the one I'm about to, t- I'm about to talk about. One of his, one, one of the more interesting boss battles in the game is when Fang drops, he, he, he does something smart. He floats out of your reach, drops a missile, and then laughs at you as the missile blasts back and forth across the stage. And you can't hit the missile, but if you avoid it long enough, it just veers off and hits them and blows them up. (laughs) I mean, uh, it's... it's, He he really is kind of the... the, uh, He really is a silly villain. And he's actually still got a pretty huge fan base for a character that's only appeared in two games. Well, that's because hasn't ruined him yet. <laughs> I mean, whenever people talk about these obscure characters, I say, well, you know, you only like him because Sonic Team hasn't ruined, hasn't ruined him yet. <laughs> yeah, I probably would have ended up with a voice like Jed or something. Oh, God, no. Though, really, my voice for Fang is terrible. It's... It's, it's, I, I don't, I, a bad uh, Australian accent, but not as bad as Marines, but still. Oh, no. For me, he is an Australian. He is, I don't know what he is. <laughs> it, it's just a really weird voice. But, um, of course, of course, I still picture Knuckles, Archie Knuckles talking like a, talking with a kind of a, uh, a slight kind of girly teenage voice. Because, like, for the first couple of months, of me reading Archie and playing the games, I thought he was a girl. <laughs> well, he is pink. I, I, I was such a sheltered little white boy. I had no idea that what dreadlocks were. <laughs> I thought, long hair. Oh, he it must be a woman. And plus, he's red. <laughs> Knuckles, Knuckles is a girl. <laughs> no, no, but that's still how he has Oh, that's voice. why you named yourself after him. Hey, hey. You want to be a girl. That is not a, that's not a very funny joke. That is a very lame joke. Now, I, I don't understand why in the 16-bit era they couldn't quite get his color palette right. He was always kind of pinkish. 
instead of red. He's always had that like pink hue to him. That's just how that's just how safe he is in his masculinity. He can have a slight tinge of pink and still be confident in his manliness. <laughs> yeah, and originally, uh, in the, I guess in the comics, before they gave him uh, his own backstories, he was originally going to have a Jamaican accent because of the dreads. God forbid. They didn't know how he was going to talk like. I mean, I, I think a black voice would actually work pretty well for Knuckles, but a um, a Jamaican accent? I mean, does this mean he's, he'd be saying, Hello, man. I'm Knuckles. How you doing, man? If it's going to be like that, then no. <laughs> no, I don't want Knuckles talking like that. But it would even make much sense. He's an echidna. If anything, he should be either Australian or an Aborigine. Or an... I, I or like so. a, or South America, because of the whole Mayan influence on the echidna culture. <laughs> well, he did have his kind of his, uh, Australian hat during the OVA. But, so they had kind of his Australian roots in that one. So I have a question. What was your favorite boss in the game? Um, Probably, like you said, the end one with Metal Sonic and uh, going through the little gauntlet with Eggman or Robotnik at the end. Well, for me, aside from those, because that's the final boss battle, so those are kind of supposed to be awesome. Um, I would probably go with the train level. I mean, wasn't that cool? Yeah, the train level is pretty sweet, too. Because <laughs> it's the only level that transitions directly from the previous act. And then you're just running across a train as this awesome music plays in the background that yeah. you unfortunately... Cannot hear clearly because of the Game Gear's limited sound capabilities. The only problem I had with that boss is that the uh, pattern of when, you know, the train backed up and then it would shoot the mine out, it was, it was too easy to to follow. Yeah, so the but pretty like, easy to like defeat. you said, the bosses in general were pretty easy. Um, one thing that did disappoint me, though, was Knuckles. I remember when I finally beat Tile Plant, um, like several years after I bought the game, and I got to face Knuckles. I was like, "What? He's in a he's in a machine? I wanted to have a mono mono fight. I want I wanted to kick his ass personally. Knuckles wouldn't get into a machine. He's too cool for that." And uh, so every time I look at that boss battle, I'm like, "Oh, hey, it's Knuckles." But at least Metal Sonic's cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, you never really get into a one-on-one bo- uh, boss fight with him. Yeah, of course that's what Sonic Three and that's what Sonic and Knuckles is for. It's a shame that in the Knuckles storyline you never get to fight Sonic. <laughs> that was disappointing. Yeah, because you know Knuckles would win in an actual fight. I hope I hope everyone realizes that because Knuckles has Sonic speed. But he also has strength, and he can glide, and he has knuckles on his fists that he can punch through Sonic's skull. <laughs> but um, I, th- I, th- I think aside from the special stages, that's about it. Yeah, this- I really love this one for the special stages. The fact that each one is, is its own unique thing really <laughs> makes it uh, unique from uh, all the other Sonic games. Well, uh, the um, the fourth stage is is actually is actually a retread of the um, playing stage. 
So I, I, it's not completely unique. There is, they do repeat the playing stage once. But, um, the, the maze levels I think are really cool. They, they, um, they, they add a nice bit of length to the game because in the Genesis Sonic games, the, aside from the main levels, the, uh, special stages are relatively small and closed and short. And they're typically like, you know, a tube section or a, or a sphere collecting mini game. It's, it's not actual levels. Yeah. That's just something I've always liked about Triple Trouble. That's the one pro- oh, yeah, I know what you mean. So you mm-hmm. really, you basically like your levels to be levels instead of like just little mini games. Yeah. And, um, Sonic Chaos actually kind of pioneered the idea of having levels for special stages, but they were a lot more simplistic, like, uh, yeah, very much so. Oh, you, oh, have you played Sonic Chaos? Yeah, I played that. Like, I think the first one you just bounced around. The first one you just flew around on jet boobs. The second one you just bounced around. And those kind of things are in Triple uh, <clears throat> Trouble as it is, but they're in part of the, just the regular levels you can find. Yeah. But everything's just bigger and more complicated, which I like. And uh, you did point out a, a kind of a little physics problem in Triple Trouble. Yeah, but I mean, that, they, do have, they do have different physics. Good. Compared to Genesis, of course, because it's eight bit, it's it's going to be a little different. But like, there is some autom- automotive. Uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, automatic things in the levels where they bring, where they just uh, have you go along automatically. Like if you're spin dashing and going on a low ramp, whereas as you're going up it, the game will just take over for you, and it looks a little unnatural. It'll just go where your character will just go over and upside down, and keep going to the Left or right. Mm. It's pretty obvious at that point that the game's taken over the physics. So mm. they are a little stiff and artificial at times, but, I mean, it's no better done or worse than game. Sonic 4, you know? Yeah. And it was being done in the Game Gear, which had the te- te- which had technical limitations. Yeah, li- yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sonic 4 doesn't have the excuse of technical limitations like the Game Gear does. The fact that they, they were able to deliver an experience that close to Genesis... On a handheld yeah. fraction of the power is still pretty impressive. That's true. <laughs> they, they kind of proved that the whole blast processing thing was a bit bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> of course, uh, the, the Genesis games were still faster, but yeah. The only other problem is that sometimes if you had a steep enough ramp, you, even if you were spin dashing right next to it, you couldn't go up it at times. Oh, yeah. What I what 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 I, what I would normally do is um like go back a bit and then. Spin dash and just that could typically give me enough momentum. But um, yeah, so I, I'd highly recommend everyone download Triple Trouble under their 3DS. It's a best it's five dollars you can spend. <laughs> well, yeah, I suppose on your 3DS anyway. Yeah, much better than the four dollars you'd spend on a Mario game. Because, you know, Sonic is better than Mario. <laughs> well, actually, I would recommend it over six golden coins, at least, even. Super Mario Land. I mean, they're both great games. Don't get me wrong, but... Yes, Triple Trouble's better. I think Triple Trouble is better, too. Uh, interesting thing about golden coins is that was a really easy game. <laughs> I mean, really easy from what I played. Yeah. Short, too, I think. 
Any yeah, case. Mario Land 2 is pretty easy, too. But the only problem with Mario Land, uh, the original, is that it's, it, it's so short. <laughs> Get that through that in about an hour. I think that about wraps up our podcast. I have a sore throat. Jason sounds tired in his old age. <laughs> I, I do want to wish Jason a, ha- a happy 41st birthday. Or if you really want to be jackasses, wish him a happy 60th or 70th birthday and start asking him about his days in the Depression. Because, you know, there's nothing better to do on someone's birthday than poke fun at how old they are. <laughs> <coughs> We have coffee lately. Yeah, the cold, the, the wheezing of a of an old man. Your <laughs> lungs are turning to, to dust, man. <laughs> well, I could blame the freaking Disneyland for that. I ended up catching some kind of bronchitis or something from that that still hasn't left me. Sure, sure. B- blame blame the little kids. That's what the old people always do. <laughs> In any case, that was this week's episode of Sonic Talk. We may, because of our long absence, we may be coming back sooner than we usually do. We'll have to see if we have the news and the material. We're going to be trying to get some guests for the next one. Given that this podcast really was all about me and my experience at PAX, I, I really was good enough to guess, be the guest and the host, so. Well, it was your turn. <laughs> well, yes, and though, though the next one was my turn too, don't you forget that, because I'll let you do, do uh, two in a row. <laughs> that's true. That's because of Ken Ballo. Yeah. So, um, uh, until next time, everyone. Oh, and uh, go buy Xenoblade. I, we recommend it. And support the Japanese RPG market on Nintendo, especially if they're going to localize in the Europe. Well, really, just support it. Support it. Yeah. 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 Yeah.